So today what I'm going to do is I'm going to go with us, and if you have your Bibles today, turn with me. If you have your electronic Bible, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 3. Last week, our scripture reading for the, the week was Ephesians 3 and 4. This week, it was Ephesians 5 and 6. And so I'm going to talk about Ephesians 3 and Ephesians 6 today. And I'm going to go with you on the Here Journal that God did with me. So as I was reading Ephesians chapter 3 with my guys, and I, and that, that week as I kept reading, I just read Ephesians 3 and 4 over and over, and I read Ephesians 5 and 6 over and over and over. That's what I do. I read other stuff as well, but I just bathe myself in it. I keep reading it. And the Holy Spirit always, always, everybody say always. Holy Spirit always highlights the scripture to me. And this is the scripture that God highlighted to me out of Ephesians 3, 10 through 12. And we're just going to talk about it a little bit today because I don't have a lot of time to develop the thought. There's a whole lot more that I can share. But I, I want to I I go to the why. I want to go to the intent of God's heart even through Ephesians 3. It says here in Ephesians 3, why don't we just read it together? We want to honor God's word, right? So let's read it together. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him, and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Oh God, bless the reading of your word today. Now, when I read that, anytime I see things like God's will, his intent, his purpose, my eyes get turned up. And I know the Holy Spirit, he just, he, he, he did, he highlighted this to me. And so what is the Lord, and where does he, when, when you read that, and it's kind of funny, when we talked about it in our group, uh, the guys go, I think you're going to probably preach on that, aren't you? And I said, yeah, there's probably a pretty good chance, because <laughs> it, was, it was stirring something in me. But I bolded a few words, his intent, everybody say his intent, his intent. Now, now, through the church, through the church. Us, us, the manifold wisdom, manifold wisdom. Of, God of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places, in the heavenly realms. Who is that? That God's intent is that you would reveal the manifest, manifold wisdom of God to rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms? What is he talking, what is Paul talking about? That God's intent is for you to declare something. That you're to give something to rulers and authorities. And so I did a Greek word study, and you're going to get a little Greek today. Are you guys ready for a little Greek words? I Does anybody want to know what rulers and authorities are? Okay, well, you're going to get a little lesson. So here we see on the word ruler, and there is the Greek word, and you pronounce that, arhi. Not like you guys are going to use that word anytime in the near future, arhi. But... That word literally means which it, it, a, any supernatural being besides God acting in a ruling or commanding capacity for good or evil, not of this world. 
that you are to reveal the manifold wisdom to supernatural beings who are acting or ruling or commanding in capacity of good or evil. Is that bizarre for anybody besides me? Okay, let's look at the word authority. The Greek word, exousia. Everybody say exousia. Which means authority or power that exercises control over. Now, I don't know about you, but we're not talking about that you and I are revealing something to human flesh here. We're talking about supernatural beings. Most theologians, if you would go to commentaries and you would read Matthew Henry's commentary or you would read some of of these other guys' commentaries, most theologians believe this is just angels. But I'm going to prove to you today that it is not just angels, but it is also demons. And it is the demonic realm. And I know in our culture, people don't like talking about demons, but I'm telling you, there is a lot of demon activity in America. There's a lot of demon activity in Christians' lives. And those authorities and those powers exercise control even over Christians. But that is not to be so. Can I have an amen on that? And this word here in the power that exercises control, my question would be, what spirit exercises control over you? I believe that's the realm that Paul is talking about in this passage out of Ephesians 3.10. Think about the spirits that control our culture, sexual perversion, identity issues hate jealousy rage what kinds of spirits are seducing our culture but also what kind of spirits are seducing the church like depression fear anxiety panic uh you know i could go through a long list of addictions and and all kinds of garbage that the bible says have nothing to do with that stuff right but we all, are, we all have things, we all have shortcomings, we have things where we have little arrow marks from the enemy that have penetrated our lives, that God is in the process as we get into the Word, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. As we get into the Word of God, these things begin to get pushed out. And because there's not enough pushing out through the Word of God and studying the Word of God and memorizing the Word of God and getting the Word of God inside of us, sometimes the enemy, his camp kind of begins to infiltrate the the camp of the Lord. Is that true? And so what happens is many times the addictions, sickness, anger, rejection, sexual sin, all those things, we begin to accept them as we can't overcome them, as as if they're just a way of life. But God is saying through the Ephesians 3, no, the body of Christ, the church, is to declare the manifold wisdom of God to the principality that no, you can't have me. I have been born again. I have been bought with a price. That we have to get, we are way under our responsibility and we're way under our authority on what we need to be moving in. Can I please have an amen from somebody? I've got to take authority of those things in my life. And so 
The next one is heavenly realms. The Greek word, and boy, do you like that one. I even had to kind of phonetically do that one. That is called eparanios, okay? And that is the abode of God and angels. It's the spiritual realm of the spiritual. Uh, and so Paul is, is declaring this. And so later on, three chapters later, this is chapter three, three chapters later, Paul even then goes and uses these same three letters there are these same, same three words in Ephesians 6 when he talks about defeating the devil's schemes. You guys remember this passage that we read this week? Paul says, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's scheme. Everybody say, take my stand. Take my stand, take my stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against Sister Susie and, and Brother Billy. But my struggle is against the rulers. There's that word again. Against the authorities. There's that word again. Against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Those three words are the exact same three words that Paul uses in Ephesians 3. Tell Jesus he is welcome. Come on in. Those same three words are used in Ephesians 6, and they mean the same thing. Can you see a little clearer picture of what Paul is declaring? I believe angels are ministering spirits. They come for the sons of man, and they help us. And you have a, you have, a lot of people don't know the doctrine of angels. They are angels, and the word talks about they are for your benefit. They don't control you. But they sure want to minister with you. And when they're looking, they're viewing down from their, their place and they're waiting. They're waiting on you to act and they're wanting to act with you. Because they want the, the body of Christ. They want the church to, to declare the manifold wisdom to the principalities of darkness. So going back to Ephesians 3.10. Read it again with me. We're going to get this inside of us. We're going to maybe memorize this. His intent, read it. His intent was that now the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. I don't know about you, but that is shouting grounds. That God's intent for my life and your life, the purpose of part of the purpose of his life, your life, is that you personally are to declare and to show forth the manifold wisdom of God, and you're to make it known to the principalities of darkness. I think that's why the armor of God is a front-facing armor. It's not a defensive position. When you talk about the armor of God in Ephesians 6, we're talking about the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith, to gird your loins with the preparation of the gospel. All those things, your shoes uh, shod. You know, those, that, that, that armament is an offensive attack that we use through the word of God, I believe. Are you guys with me? So would you agree with me? You think it is legitimate that, that God is speaking through Paul that his church is to make known the wisdom, the manifold wisdom of God to principalities. You think that's biblical? 
Think we might be onto something? So how do we do that? So how do we do that? God has an eternal and unchangeable plan to use you and me. I'm going to say it again. God has an eternal and unchangeable plan to use you and me. He intends to display the church before mankind and before evil powers. That we are his instruments. Everybody say, we are his instruments. To disperse throughout the earth what Christ has accomplished on the cross. I and you are to disperse what Jesus did on the cross and he did inside of us. We are then to share that and we are to give that away and we are to declare the manifold wisdom of God. Now this can apply in many areas of your life. If you're struggling in an area of your life, it's going to look, the manifold wisdom of God is going to look different than if you're struggling in your business. But God has wisdom to give to us, and he wants to use us to manifest it. Again, his instrument, we are his instrument to disperse throughout the earth what he has accomplished through Jesus Christ as Lord. To get his people <laughs> to go into all the earth and to make disciples of all nations. To bring the kingdom of, when, every time Jesus preached, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Why? Because he was present. Every time I walk in the grocery store, the kingdom of heaven is at hand because I'm there. That's not pride. That's not arrogance. It's I am a carrier of the manifold presence and the manifold wisdom of heaven. And if I don't know it and I don't believe it, I won't manifest it. If you think it's just for preacher Eric and it's not for the church, I mean, Ephesians it, it, it really, it, 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 Ephesians, it, the first two chapters are theologically that I am seated in Christ in heavenly places. I am adopted. I am of the righteousness of God. That Jew and Gentile are the same and that we are children of the, of the, of the king. And then it moves from my, my seated place to I walk. Now I walk in the spirit. I walk and I follow God. I walk with him. But the last two chapters of Ephesians is, man, I stand against the enemy. I take a stand against the kingdom of darkness. And so many churches are not engaging in this manifold wisdom because they don't even believe the demons are real. They don't even believe that they can affect them. Well, they can't possess you, but they sure can oppress you. And I've been oppressed a few times. Anybody else been oppressed out there? Shake that off, right? Chuck said, shake it off. God's mystery was to build a church. God's mystery was that he was going to build a church through Jews and Gentiles <laughs> as believers in Christ. And that through this joining of believers in the church, that this manifold wisdom was going to come past. And we were going to shut the kingdom of darkness. And we were going to establish the kingdom of heaven. We're going to bring... Why do you think Jesus taught us to pray? May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We can't shrink back. Can I have an amen on that? So his eternal purpose will be accomplished through us. And so 
I want to remind us of why Jesus came. Out of 1 John 3, 8, what did it say? The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Come on, somebody shout about that. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. All authority has been given to me, Jesus said. Now what do I do? I give that to you and I say, go ye into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost and teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. And lo, I will be with you always until the very end of the age. Oh God, man, oh man. And we're a part of that devil stomping. <laughs> yeah, that word right there. Bring down the enemy. Can I have an amen? We're going to declare the manifold wisdom to principalities and rulers. For this reason, the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. And that is why we're in training for, and that's why we're discipling, and that's why we're getting with our kids and teaching them the Word of God, and that's why we're meeting in discipleship groups, because we're getting the Word of God in us, because the Word of God is a sword. It is a sword. The Word of God is a sword. That is the metaphor in, in Ephesians 6, correct? Most Christians don't know the Word of God because they don't meditate on it day and night. How does a young man keep his ways pure before the Lord but by meditating on his Word both day and night? Say, I'm going to destroy the works of the enemy. Say, I'm part of that process. And I'm going to get it out of my life. And I'm going to help it get it out of somebody else's life. The gospel came to you because it's going to somebody else. Do you hear me? The gospel, the good news of Jesus, your salvation, it came to you because it's going to somebody else. And I tell you, if there's one thing that I think... I have messed up in my most of my Christian life is I've focused on the Word of God for me rather than for others. I have I've I've seen it as more of a self-help book and getting my life correct more than it's going to somebody else as well. And if you think it's just for you, you're not going to be sharing it with other people. Does anybody else do that? Romans 8, 19, for the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. <laughs> for the creation, the world, everyone in it, everything that God has created is eagerly waiting, eagerly expecting the sons of God, the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, what? Through sin, not by its own desire, but by the will of the one who subjected it. In hope that creation itself will be liberated, say liberated, from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of what? The children of God. That the world would be brought into the freedom of, yes, in Christ, but it's the freedom and glory of the children of God. Man, guys, God wants, he, he, he's wanting us to be revealed. He's wanting your life to make a difference. His intent and his purpose is for him to, manifold, him to manifest his wisdom 
his manifold wisdom to the earth through you. And that's what Ephesians 3 is all about. Mm, that's good stuff. If I may say, it's really jacked me up this week. Now, I can't say I wasn't without temptation this week. I had an argument with my wife the other day. But I was quick to repent. Anybody else? I mean, it was her fault, but... <laughs> I still forgave her. Oh, she wouldn't say that, though. I promise you that. And I don't know about you, but my wife's usually right. <laughs> I know most of your wives are right, I'm sure. <laughs> Just ask them. <laughs> but we are to bring God's freedom and glory. Hear me, church. We are to bring God's freedom and his glory to the captive, to those who are bound by the enemy. That is what we're here for. It's not just for your life and for you to have a happy little family with a, with, you know, a white house with a picket fence and 2.5 kids. Oh, and don't forget Rover, the dog. But God forbid a cat. Oh, oh no, no, excuse me, no. For all you cat lovers, forgive me now. We are to bring the manifold wisdom of God and declare and show rulers and principalities the freedom we have in Jesus Christ. Did you hear me? Yes. We are to bring the manifold wisdom of God and declare and show rulers and principalities the freedom we have in Jesus Christ. Displaying the cross of Christ in us. That's why the end of Ephesians 3 says, with confidence, with freedom and confidence, we approach God. In freedom and confidence, so when the enemy is working you over, you have to know what the Word of God says. I want to read one more scripture, and then I'm going to land this plane, because it's 1159. Build this case in Matthew 16. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? And they replied, well, some say you're John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but, but my, by my, my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Now, Peter was the rock, but it was also the rock was the revelation that Jesus was the Messiah. Can I have an amen on that? And he's going to build the church on that rock. The rock of revelation that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. He is our Savior. He is our Deliverer. Can I have an amen on that? And the gates of hell or gates of Hades will not overcome it. It won't overcome the church. It won't overcome you. You are an overcomer. You will not be overcome by hell. You will not be overcome by hell. Somebody say amen. 
you will not. The gates of hell will not overcome her. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Who is Jesus talking to? The disciples, the church, us. That there's an authority over principalities and the darkness. And so many times what we do is we back away from it. Because we don't know whose we are. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That is God's intent for you. Say, that's God's intent for me. Say, that's God's intent for me. We are in training as a family, but we're also in training as an army. And this training is to bring the kingdom of heaven to the earth. And the earth is groaning. The earth is waiting for the sons of God, the sons of men, to be manifest on the earth and to take their place and to take and to move into authority and responsibility. And we must get busy discipling and disciplining our life by getting in the word of God. We must get busy disciplining our lives and getting in the Word of God. The Word will transform your mind. The Word will transform your thinking. Paul tells us in Romans 12 too, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might know what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. That transformation process is the word. We are doing this reading thing. We are doing this thing because God is transforming our minds and he is making an army out of us. Not a kumbaya group. The word is the manifold wisdom of God and it must be in you for you to give it out and for you to declare it to rulers and authorities and principalities. Every time Jesus was tempted in the desert and Satan came to him to tempt him during those 40 days, Jesus always responded out loud with the word of God. Make these stones be turned to bread. And Jesus responded, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone, but upon every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Satan left. I'm telling you, I have been way too quiet in my life. I want you to realize that Satan is not omnipresent. He cannot read your thoughts. God can, yes, right? Satan cannot read your thoughts. He can only see your actions and hear your words. 
And so when your words are not the word of wisdom that comes from the word of God, oh, the demon said, uh, we don't know who you are, but we know who he is. Because they weren't established on the authority of the God's word. And so when Satan comes at you and he tries to he tries to tempt you. He tries to accuse you. He tries to beat you up. He tries to condemn you. He tries to tell you you're never going to amount to anything, that you've went too far, that you've done this and that you've done that. Shut up! Shut up! I belong to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, my Lord. And you put him in his place. You manifest the manifold wisdom of God to the principalities through your mouth and through your actions. So where is your mouth going and where are your actions going? If you're spending time in the toilet, you're going to smell like it. Some of you drink that toilet water called Croy or something, you know. You drink enough of that Croy, you might manifest it. But I have prayed silently so many times, taking authority against the enemy in my thoughts. Yes, but man, you guys got a voice out there? I can't hear you. Yes. And what are you going to use as an armament against him? But if you don't hide the word of God in your heart, what do you have to give? What do you have to say to the principalities and the rulers of this dark world? You have no authority because it's not in you. Have you ever seen anybody talk about something they just don't know about, but they're acting like they do? You can spot them as quicker than a hair on a dog's rear end. And they're talking, acting like they know what they're talking about. It's like, you, you are, you're nuts. I think that's what Satan does a lot. Of, you're acting like this big bad boy that I can't touch you. You don't even know what Ephesians 3, 10 through 12 says. And so how we're going to manifest the wisdom of God is, church, we have got to get more of you involved in this reading plan. We've got to get more of you in, in doing discipleship groups. I, I know you want to be discipled. I, we all want to be. But start one. Start discipling a, a couple young people. I was talking to a 12 or 13-year-old here recently. And it's like, oh, dear God, how am I going to add that one to my plate? They... He needs discipled. Oh my gosh, he loves the word. It's, it's coming out of him. He's, he's zealous for it. God, how? I was like, how can I add that one to it too? Passionate. Asking me deep theological questions. Talking about deep theological things. I loved it. It's like, oh yes. Yes, you keep going after the word of God. And I thank God what our junior high ministry has done. Tina and, and, and Kate did a great thing of getting the 
things all laid out on our hear journals and and our, our kids are learning the word and they're doing it together and I love what they did and we've done it in high school some of you parents you've been helped so much just by what the ministry here has done with your children to help you get in this hear journal process but dear God I can't tell you you got to do the hear journal with you you got to teach them how to get in the word you got to teach them what it means you got to help them to understand it you got to get hide the word of God in your heart if you don't want your kids suffering what every other kid is happening in our culture if you don't want that happening to your kid it's because you're gonna help them fall in love with Jesus you're going to help them fall in love with the word you're going to help them encounter Jesus you're going to help them have a God encounters of the third kind We got to get more people involved. We got to get more people discipling. We got to get more people loving the Word of God. It's time to get serious about our training. It's time to dig in and get involved. It's time to start D groups. It's time to get involved with it. It's time to get in accountable relationships. God wants to display His manifold wisdom through you. I don't know about you guys, but I know in my group, I'm loving the guys, but I'm also loving the memory part of the scripture. It's probably the hardest part. Last week, I butched it a little bit when I, I quoted my memory verse. Pastor Eric butched it, didn't I, guys? Oh, yeah, I did. It was so funny because in our group, we have one with the NLT, we have one with the NIV, and we have one with King James. And I was the last one to give mine. It's like... Oh, dear God, that just threw me off big time because <laughs> they quoted it. And I'm going, uh, yeah, yeah, looked out at it. Yeah, that started going. None of us are perfect at it. Most of the memory verses that I have stored in my heart are because I've went through trial after trial after trial and I go to the Word of God and I find a truth that God wants me to hold on to and I quote that scripture, I live that scripture, I eat that scripture, I digest that, that scripture. And by golly, that thing just begins to come inside me and then I have war. I have war on the floor. I have war with my God. And I declare the manifold wisdom to the principalities and the rulers of this dark age that no, I belong to someone greater than you and you are wrong and you're a liar and get thee behind me. And sometimes I win those battles and sometimes I get scarred and beat up and I get back up and a righteous man falls, but he what? Gets back up. Amen. And I go, you're not going to get me the next time. First time, shame on me. This time? We're, we're, we're going to fight. Not just with your wife. With the enemy. So I just really want to encourage you guys. His intent for us is to reveal the manifold wisdom of our precious Lord and Savior and what he did on the cross to others. And who will be a part of that? 